So, heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Welcome to TK's A Brigade. I am your host, TK. Today, my guest hails from Dallas, Texas. His name is Christopher Benedict. And so, a mutual friend of ours reached out to me. His name is Mark Carberry and said, Trav, I have a friend who would love to jump on the podcast, talk about his life in music, touring, people he's played with. Well, like I said, his life. So we did just that. So we're going to dive into that conversation right now, here on TK's A-Brigade. What's up, music family, and everyone else that just loves music? It's your boy, TK. So today, I am going to be talking with my man, Chris Benedict, from Texas. So I am going to get him on the phone. So give me a second while I give him a ring. Hello. Chris, man, what's up? It's TK. Hey, how's it going, buddy? Oh, man, it's going great, brother. How are you? Good. Sorry about getting confused on the time issue thing. Oh, it ain't even a thing, my friend. I understand you're in Central and I'm in Mountains, so it's all good. But how's your day been going, brother? I'm doing good, dude. Sitting in Dallas. Nice day. Beautiful sunshine, you know. Nice, man. Texas, man. Good to be. I've just been back here about... Three months ago, and uh, okay, putting together some uh, some stuff for my band to start doing some national shows, you know. Okay, nice. Opening some concerts and talking to Dave Evans very regularly, the guy that was the original singer from ACDC, and uh, I might go down and tour with him a little bit in South America sometime next year. So. Well, nice. Well, let's do this, man. Let's uh, let's start from the beginning, okay? Because I would love to hear um, how your journey began. Um, big shout out to Mark Carberry for getting us connected. By the way, I just have to give Carberry a shout out because uh, he really just he made it happen. So, a uh, big shout out to him. But um, yeah, thank you for coming and on today, prayers man. For him too to get better, you know. Yes, man. I yes, I've been praying for him. Some drums for me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh that'd be awesome man we're talking about it he's just got to get a little better first so you know well i'm definitely in prayer for mark because that is important and uh i definitely want to see him get better for sure so. yeah but yeah man so uh why don't you just kind of start from the beginning and just kind of give me a um you know a rundown of how you got into music you know what influenced you that kind of thing well i went to uh arts magnet in dallas when I was in high school and uh, had a really good guitar teacher there named Chuck Pangburn. who played in all the jingles for Coke and Pepsi and uh, got my start there and uh, played on the road. Had a band called Short Notice in 1981. We played the Texas Music Hour, which was a live 45 minute broadcast. And uh, okay. Um, after that, I had a cover band called Warrior and we used to play the same circuit is uh sweet savage and pantera here in texas um before pantera hit a big and uh did a lot of stuff out in la uh nice moved out to la and uh we played every place um everywhere on the sunset strip um the roxy the whiskey gazaris the troubadour and we did cabo waba for van halen twice that that was in my band called uh thieves and lovers and uh yeah we had a lot of fun dude we rocked the strip we played the whiskey on new year's eve one time and 
Actually, I think Stone Temple used to open for us. They were called Mighty Joe Young. Stone Temple, baby. One of my favorite bands, They're man. huge, dude. You know? Yeah. It was yes. funny when they played with us. Nobody got it because they didn't have the long hair and they didn't have guitar solos, really. You know? Yep. And L.A. back then was such a hair guitar solo. But so, uh, you know, more power to them. And they got some great songs. You know? Great songs. For sure, man. So, okay, so you said you were playing in 81. So when did you actually start playing guitar? Like, at what age did you pick the axe up? Probably 14, 15. Okay. Um, and uh, just, you know. And you're from Texas originally? Yeah, you grew I'm from, up in, I'm you grew from up Dallas in... originally. Um, okay. I've lived in L.A. For, we lived there for 12 years. I lived in Seattle for a while. Oh yeah, the grunge scene for sure. For a while, and opened a bunch of shows for Kicks, and moved to Dallas, moved to Idaho, and came back to Dallas finally, brother. I'm home. Wow, wow. <laughs> and that doesn't count for all the years I spent playing on the road. You know. Um, Tell me about that, man. How was how was touring, bro? What was that like? Um, cool and not cool. You know what I mean? It's fun when you're up on stage. Um, but it can be pretty wearing, you know. Um, I was on the road like 14 years in a row, and uh, wow, you can get burnt out on it like anything else. But um, I miss it, and I'm ready to start doing it again now. So, okay, okay. So we're talking like van? Are we talking like tour bus? Every every scenario scenario imaginable. Um, okay, I played in uh, bands that did the Hilton and Sheridan resorts, right? Uh, okay. Those bands were pretty good, and then played the rock, rock and roll thing. It's usually a bus, you know, um, and uh, it was a lot of fun, dude. It was a lot of fun. So I miss doing it. I spent a lot of time uh, babysitting my band members over the years, which is really funny because I'm younger than most of those guys. So, right, um, you know. <laughs> Um, trying to get five guys on stage sober, ready to do their thing, sometimes is tough in rock and roll. <laughs> Amen. That's that's true, bro. Like I I hate to say it, but man, it's it became a cliche. It, it's such an early time in rock and roll where if you weren't drunk or high, then you know you weren't part of the crew. And it's like I don't know, man. The, the cliche died. I'm I'm thankful that the cliche died. Cause you see guys like Head from uh, from Corn, you know, he gave his life to Jesus and he got sober, and then guys started getting sober and you know really started to you know hone their craft and really take music serious. Cause I don't I don't know I I don't want to speak for the those bands in the '80s or even the '70s that they rocked out, but a lot of them admit that they were either high or drunk all the time. So I don't know. For me, like I could never perform that way. I I don't know. I got, me personally, I got out I, of that lifestyle. Um... When I was about 30, we were playing L.A. and we did everything, you know, when in Rome do as the Romans do, right? And uh, Okay. Um, we partied a lot, dude, and then I just, I got to a place where I just couldn't do it anymore, you know? And so I gave up, uh, gave it up, you know, um, and have been, uh, for the most part, on the straight and narrow. I've slipped up a couple times since then, but... You know, Jesus is the only reason I'm here, bro. You know. Amen. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you, man. I. It's funny, man. I grew up on the '80s Christian rock, hair rock, but I also would sneak down to the neighbors and listen to Guns N' Roses or Metallica or, 
you know, like Skid Row or Motley Crue. But it was funny because, you know, on the Christian side of it, we always had like Petra and um, what was the other Christian bands? There was like Demon Hunter, like came out in the 90s, but they were a little heavier than the hair rock bands. But it's funny, you know, music can definitely, you know, however you present it, whether you present it in a way where you're glorifying God or you presenting it in a way where you're just, you know, you're wiling out and having fun. I, I think it's it's interesting the outcome because you see a lot of these artists you know like you hear ozzy's background and all the things that he went through and so you're in la you're you're touring around la you're turning around the country did you ever take it over to europe or you know over over across the pond just cabo a couple times and uh uh we for van halen which was really there's a funny story to that so we played down there and the caretaker that took care of all Sammy Hagar's stuff got his doom buggy out, and we took a picture of us on it, right? Okay, okay. The next time we played the Whiskey Go-Go, we used that picture in our ad, um, and Sammy saw it. So we thought we were in trouble with royalty or rock and roll, and uh, he said, call the club and see what kind of numbers they did. And uh, it, it wasn't hard to get people to go to Cabo Wabo, you know? And so right. we did get numbers, and he he said invite him back and five star him everything. So we got to go play down there again. That was he was really that was cool, you know. Nice, nice. It was really cool. But uh, I got a picture of us sitting on that dune buggy. I'll send to you. That'd be cool, man. That'd be cool. So, so would you say like Van Halen is like your biggest influence musically, or who who would you say is your biggest influence musically? Man, I go all the way back to BB King. You know, and and all the blues guys um, when I was learning to play, because a lot of rock guitarists just blues sped up, you know, and uh, got right. into those. But as far as bands, um, I, I was a big Zeppelin fan at one time. Um, okay. Um, loved the energy of Van Halen, you know. Right, right. Um, got to meet Dime a couple of times, like Pantera, you know. Um, we opened for uh, King's X one time at the Canyon Club in Dallas. Oh, boy. Wow. And he was out there. I bet you that was dude, fun. He came out there, dude. He was out there with his bodyguards, and Vinny was out there, and they were being so cool to us, dude. Um, I was really a bummer what happened with him, and I knew the bodyguard that got shot and killed with him. Um, wow. used to okay. have a room at our rehearsal studio, right across the hall from us and i was always afraid of that dude because i thought man if he wanted to kick in this door and take all of our equipment away from us there'd be nothing we could do about it he was, nothing he was, oh boy he was, he, but uh so um and we used to have dave williams from drowning pool used to come sit in with us sometimes at classic city rock cafe before they got huge um okay and uh so wow i don't know uh, my my thing with music is i basically like everything that doesn't suck and uh i i do a solo act here sometimes and i just put on my backing tracks and play blues and country and jazz and all this stuff you know what i mean um okay just uh it's fun to go do it's a great band i say start everybody starts i say stop everybody stops everybody shows up on time nobody's wasted that's good. No, that's important, man. <laughs> Got to be focused. But I'm doing the band thing, too. I came down here and uh, got with Billy Pixley. He played with Nazareth for years. And no, okay. got a studio at his place. And we've been working on some uh, some music for that, too. Um, so i am kind of got a lot of things that are starting up right now. Um, 
and I'm excited about it. Um, really excited. Um, yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah, we were up in, uh, oh, we were in Seattle for a while and we had an independently released CD and we were running about seven grand a week in radio ads and nothing about 11 grand a week in sales. That's back when they had CD stores, right? Oh yeah, I remember those days. And dude, that was awesome and you can't do that anymore. <laughs> right. It's all digital, right? They're all downloads well, or yeah, streaming. The downloads just, you know, they don't pay anything. Uh, no. Exactly. Yeah, they're designed that way, right? Because the record labels realized that they couldn't sign people anymore and actually sell records. So they're like, oh, you know what we're going to do is we're going to take the music off the streets and we're just going to put it on a platform where kids can buy it for a fraction of what it costs the artist to record. Yeah. And then we're going to pay the artist even a fraction of that. And we're going to make all the money. I mean, if you look at the platforms currently, that's exactly what's happening is, you know, you can do a, have a hundred thousand downloads and get paid three grand. It's like, are you serious? A hundred thousand records, man. You're making, if you got a good deal, you're making at least 30 grand. Right. You know? Right. So in the, you know, any more of these times, I mean, Lars Ulrich and I, <clears throat> you know, when Napster came out, Lars Ulrich was a huge advocate for not allowing free streaming platforms to just stream your music for no cost right because people weren't getting paid for their work and it's like since when is since when are we uh working for the salvation army right you know what i mean so Dude, i do um my yeah. current publisher i think i get two cents a download okay you know which is okay <laughs> have to sell a hundred to make 20 bucks right <laughs> yeah i'm with you man i'm with you I'm, so, i think i'm making like a quarter of a percent or a quarter of a cent on my download so i don't even have it that good so well it's you know it's pushed people back into performing you know i think that's where the the money is these days and if you could put butts in seats 30 years ago you're still good you know what i mean so, oh yeah but as far as uh people coming out of the gate now man it's it's tough you know the, the, the old record company thing where you get a record deal they put you on tour they put you on the radio that's all gone dude. you know right it's all gone um spoke to my attorney in la a while back and he told me point blank and he's a, a one of the big guys in la um he told me that uh his friends used to own the record business and now they own the internet <laughs> wow which is very true yeah. i hate to say it man that's crazy all right so 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 what is your like strongest instrument whether vocals guitar drums bass like what do you feel like absolutely at home with well guitar you know okay and and vocals too i don't know if you see my youtube channel but i got some oh yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. So I do both. I wouldn't really call what I do singing, but uh, okay. Uh, so, but I'm really more of a guitar player, and uh, okay, we didn't focus on a lot of that in Endangered Species. We were more groove oriented, but I'm ready to record some stuff that where I get to play around a little bit, show off. You know, uh, will be fun. <laughs> All right. So since guitar is your 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 instrument of choice. Who, of all the guitarists in the world, man, who would you say, like, that you most admire as far as style and just chops and everything? Well, I like, uh, you ever heard of Frank Marino and Mahogany Rush? I have not, but I will look them up. 
dude, he is awesome. Um, there was a guy here in Texas that was a legend that passed away a couple years ago named Bugs Henderson. Uh, okay. He's one of my favorites. But if you had to pick one guitar player out of all, probably uh, Jimmy Page for me. Page, okay, okay. You know, and probably I mean, Eddie. legend, he, right? Probably him and Eddie, probably side by side. And Ted Nugent. I used to be a Ted Nugent freak. Uh, <laughs> freak even my, I love it my first band we played originals and Ted Nugent and that's how we played I was 14 years old wow <laughs> playing Ted Nugent covers man that's crazy yeah cat scratch fever baby <laughs> that's old school man that's like what is that like early 80s yeah I was like 14 when we did that but um but wow. I, I like Ted you know I, I um I like guitar solos dude you know yeah yeah oh yeah like that I do I'm with album you. they're all over the place and hell John Paul Jones plays out I mean they're just outrageous musicians you know the energy they put out and stuff and Van Halen same thing I've seen him in concert with David and with Sammy and they were good both times you know Really yeah good. really 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 good um but uh, yeah so i'd probably have to say jimmy page because when i was learning to play i always was interested in like the rain song and some of the more jazzy things they did you know and uh gravitated to that but when eddie came out i was pretty much on fire for eddie so you know eruption kind of changed everything for everybody on guitar you know um, okay uh, right I, I think that was a you know, an epic solo that he played. Um, and, you know, a lot of people try to cover it and some can and some can't, you know, but uh, what a, you know, a, that just blew me away when I heard that. Dude, that got me on fire even more for guitar, so. Right, that's uh, that's some good influence, especially when it comes to the acts, man, because, I mean, there's a lot of legendaries, let's be honest, bro, but, you know, when you, when you start dropping Page and, and the Eddie, you know, it's just like, okay, well, a lot of people, I mean, like you, you mentioned the one guy from the one band that I'm going to look up here in a little bit. And it's nice to hear artists that maybe not everybody knows, but they admire somebody who influenced them. Right. Because for me, like I grew up listening to all styles of music. So I was influenced vocally by, you know, heavy rockers to hip hop to R&B. Right. So it's like, who who's my number one? Like if I were if someone asked me that question, I, I wouldn't honestly be able to, to be able to say number one, like because I like so many and I like so many styles that it's hard to say, well, one. But I'm with you, bro, as far as, you know, just looking at the uh, array of different talent and saying okay well i got a little bit from here and i got a little bit from there so it gives you that kind of smorgasbord of uh of opportunity so i like that man that's good yeah he just frank reno was just an incredible guitar player and um i did a post about him on facebook and he actually came and looked me up and said hello and uh, i was just blown away um he's just incredible you know that's awesome it's just so low the way the He's got a blues tune on there called Kingy Baby, and it's uh, it's on it's his. I've learned every lick off of it. You know what I mean? Nice man, nice. I like. All right. But uh, yeah, dude. So yeah, check that out. I'll even send that to you. I'll send that. Cool. I like that. All right, I got a couple questions before we wrap this up, man. Um, through all of your tour days and all of your time on the road and all the venue venues that you've ever played. What was your most favorite venue that you got to play? Uh, probably Reunion Arena here in Dallas. 
we played mm, half hometown the national like that. indoor rugby championship and it was 30,000 people and it was rocking you know okay okay we also got to play at the starplex here in dallas with the poison Dawkins, slaughter and somebody else um in front of fifteen thousand. that was awesome you know yeah and then we got to play at the canning club bronco bowl here in dallas when it was going and we opened for sabotage and evermore and king's x and lillian act all kinds of people that we used to play there and that was a cool venue um it's just fun to get up on the stage in front of that many people, you know? Yes. Yeah, it's a rush and a half, bro. I, I honestly, I, you know, I've done, you know, a few drugs in my life, but I can say that uh, the high that you get, at least for me, when I get up in front of a large audience of people and their attention is on me or on whatever's going on stage, there, to me, there's nothing like it. There really isn't any comparison because that that adrenaline is just intense beyond measure. So I feel you, bro. That was going to be my next question too. Was how what's the largest crowd that you've ever gotten to play in front of? Uh, that was it, thirty thousand. That's a, that's a lot, man. Yeah, that's like a small town in a lot of cities, bro. <laughs> so that's a lot, man. Get you as much exposure as playing a club that holds two hundred people like fifty times over. Yeah, I mean, you're just looking to all the way to the back of the room, and all you see is just face. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and uh, so that's an absolute the best experience, you know. And I'm looking nice. to. Uh, I did contact the people that booked us back then, and I am looking into getting some stuff here in Dallas on that level, you know. Okay. We opened for so many people that. Uh, and everything always went good so hopefully that'll be coming and i'll keep you posted on that for sure awesome man all right my last question make mark come down and play well there you go yeah get carberry out of colorado for a little bit man maybe some of that uh texas air will give him a little bit of uh a revival you know what i mean right right <laughs> oh man yeah all right last question for you bro of all the artists that you've gotten to tour with play with uh, be around who would you say out of everybody who would you say was the most down to earth easiest to talk to chillest out of everybody um probably honestly Dimebag, dude you know wow I mean, we didn't tour with Pinscher, but he did come see our band a couple of times and he was always just so cool dude you know what i mean yeah just yes such a nice guy and one time I'd played at the Red Blood Club in Dallas and we had a Black Sabbath tribute and the club didn't pay us. And we were standing outside and Dime came walking up and he went in there and yelled at them till they paid us. And he didn't know us anything. You know what I mean? Right, oh, right. Just a fellow musician. We <laughs> right. What the hell? But say, right. yeah, I yeah. think that's the most down to earth person. You know? That's awesome. I mean. Yes. And you know it's funny when you say, especially Dimebag Daryl, right? Because a lot of times people have personas um, like that, or at least the the you know the, the the mainstream public might view somebody a certain way or have a certain opinion about somebody. And then you actually get to meet that person, and you're like, you're nothing like what people perceive you to be. And then it's funny because then the people that you think are going to be nice or easy to talk to, 
ends up being the opposite and you're like I never want to meet that person again so it's nice to hear that because again a lot of times you know you hear about uh, artists that are oh that guy was an a-hole or this person was not friendly and this and that and and you don't know the full circumstances to why they were that way in that moment but I think a lot of times people forget that artists are people too so you know when they get inundated all the time with autographs and photos and people want to share their life story it's like man can can I just have a moment you know, in my own bubble. So yeah, but I but think, that's cool I think to hear. You always have to stay humble. You know. Amen. I agree. I agree. Um, because uh, I did some writing with B.J. Thomas. You know, he is Mr. Rain. I do not. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Oh, I think yeah, we talked about that the when we first talked. Yes, now I remember. Yeah, he you you mentioned me that when we were riding together one day. He said, "Be nice to everybody you meet on the way up, because you're going to see them all on the way down." Oh wow, that's a good phrase. You know, I like that. So be be kind of folks, you know. Like yeah, that's good, man. That's good. Well, brother, man, it was an awesome opportunity. Uh, what are you? Um, I got to wrap this up, man. But what? Why don't you tell everybody what you're gonna be doing here the rest of 23 and into 24? Well, um, probably monsters or rock cruise coming up in 24. And uh, okay. And we will be playing some show dates here in Dallas um, at some of the national venues, opening up for some people. So that and recording some new music, you know. Yes, always. Working on that gotta, at the moment. Got to stay in the studio, man. We'll have some stuff coming out pretty soon. And, um, what When you say us, what, what band are you uh, currently working with? Well, it's my band. Uh, okay. But I've got Billy Pixley playing bass that played with Nazareth all those years and We've got a, a really good drummer um, and a, a plethora of people that want to play guitar with us. So we're just nice. in the process of recording the music first and sure. then putting the band together. So that's kind of what we're doing. Um, nice, man. Yeah. Nice. Well, all right. What's the easiest way for people that are listening to go and find your music? Um, Just go to YouTube and type in Christopher Benedict. Okay. In danger. Simple, beat. easy. And there's like I need to put some more music up there, but there's like a half dozen songs up there. Um, yeah, I've heard a. I heard a. I listened to a couple yesterday and this morning, man. I gotta say, bro, classic. Like the the recordings sound amazing. Uh, the arrangements, bro. Like everything sounded, yeah, triple A, bro. Like kudos oh, man, I, for sure, man. I super appreciate that coming from you, bro. Thank you. I think when I go to the gym today, man, I think I'm going to uh, listen to a few while I work out, man, because you know, get that pump going, you know, and just and get in there. And, and I love listening to good rock music when I'm working out. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to smile while I'm working out. And be like, man, I just talked to this cat. <laughs> well, dude, I super appreciate you giving me a chance to do this. And um, yeah, man, um, you have an awesome day and hopefully we'll do this again sometime. I look forward to it. And maybe when I get down to Dallas, man, um, maybe we can hook up, man, and uh, and just chop it up, man. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. We can count on that. All right, brother, man. Well, you have a wonderful day, bro. And uh, we will talk again soon, my friend. All right. Thank you very much, brother. All right, man. Later, bro. Another awesome journey. Another awesome story from a vet. My man, Chris Benedict, coming out of Dallas, Texas. And I got to say, you know, these stories that I've gotten to hear over the last six months from different artists has been amazing. Actually, we're going into eight months now. And, uh, you know, it never surprises me to hear the different types of journeys these people get to take 
different artists, different uh, situations. So amazing, amazing. Again, a shout out to my man, Mark Carberry. Carberry's been going through some pretty serious stuff in his life. So uh, we just pray that God heals him and moves in his life uh, exponentially. So uh, major love from my man, Carberry. You've been listening to TK's A Brigade. You can find the podcast on every major platform, Amazon Anchor, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube. Go like and subscribe. Check it out. Please hit that support button. It's a dollar a month. It helps support bring more relevant content to the platforms. And it allows me to continue to talk to these awesome artists who have got amazing journeys. So until next time, take it easy.